All right, let's continue on with our discussion because we have talked about plastics once more. I have to wonder, who are we going to let make these decisions for us? Because I'm firmly persuaded in the idea that we should be allowed to produce plastics and as long as they're recyclable, I don't care if they're single use, double use, maxi use or whatever. Let's find a way to get to the recycling end of things. And let's see what my guest has to say because we have this conflict going on between the provincial and the federal governments. We want to develop a petrochemical industry, but if you keep on having the federal government decide what products are in and which ones are out, it's not going to create the level of certainty that you need to get the kind of investment in these products. David Clement is a North, is North American Affairs Manager for Consumer Choice Center and joins us now to talk about it. Dave, thanks so much for being with me today. Thank you very much for having me back on the show. So tell me a little bit more about the Consumer Choice Center. Who Who is it that you represent? So we represent uh, consumers internationally. Um, my role uh, with the organization is both uh, for Canada and the United States. And essentially what we do is we uh, highlight issues, uh, instances and issues where government overreach is negatively impacting consumers. And so this applies to everything from what we're going to talk about today on plastics, but also to other subjects like cannabis policy, to free trade, to medicine, um, and es- essentially anything under that umbrella that impacts consumers. We're, we're the group highlighting uh, where overregulation may be negatively impacting consumer choice. Do you know what surprises me so much is that I would have thought COVID would have been the double down opportunity for us to realize how much we value plastics, whether it's for um, oxygen and ventilators and all the tubing associated with that, whether it's the masks that we wear, which are mm-hmm. uh, also made of plastic, whether it's the fact that when we started going back to grocery stores, they told us, sorry, you can't use your re- reusable bag. You've got to use plastic. It, it just seems to me so incongruous that we've just realized how central plastics are to maintaining our life, maintaining health and safety. How, how did we get to this point where we've just we've decided that 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 we should start phasing them out? Well, the, the real issue here, so obviously the timing is problematic. Um, it's problematic for a couple of reasons. One, because uh, these plastic products have kept us safe, whether it's takeout from food, food containers or masks or what have you. Um, the second is the way in which the government is going about this, which is using the Canadian Environmental Protection Act um, and moving plastics to be scheduled as a uh, schedule one toxic substance. Um, and so it's not just that we're going to be banning plastic bags, stir sticks, straws, cutlery, and all of those things. It's that we're actually reclassifying plastic altogether, giving it that toxic label, which makes it a lot easier to regulate other products down the road, which could include anything from disposable contact lenses to IV bags, uh, really a lot, pretty much anything under the sun that um, that is derived from plastics. And so one of my big concerns here is that the government has really gone about this in a lazy way rather than having an honest discussion, like you said, about recycling and waste management. They've gone the route of redesignating or reclassifying plastic. And then on top of that, adding in a ban on items that we use out of convenience on a normal basis, but have used out of necessity throughout the pandemic, which is increasingly problematic. 
let me pause you because I want to know what you think the solution would be. If they if they weren't being lazy about it, what what would they have done instead? David Clement is my guest, North American Affairs Manager, Consu- uh, Manager Consumer Choice Center. We're talking about his concerns about the federal government redesignating plastics. I'm concerned too because, as we've seen, you start with the easy ones, and then it's pretty easy to just say, okay, well, we're going to chop that off too. Where does it end? We need to have, I think, uh, a far more specific policy. We'll find out what that might look like when we return on Chorus Radio. A gunman on the loose in a quiet coastal town. By morning, 22 people were dead. I'm Sarah Ritchie. I live in Halifax and I'm a reporter for Global News. On my new podcast, 13 Hours Inside the Nova Scotia Massacre, we'll examine every hour of this tragedy to try and piece together what happened and what could have been done to prevent it. You can listen to 13 Hours Inside the Nova Scotia Massacre for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. All right. Now, this is my big beef here coming from this one listener. When it comes to plastics, Danielle, most of it isn't recyclable, despite the perception that they are. That's the big problem. If they were actually recyclable, this would not be an issue. And I think that that is is right on point. And so let's see what David Clement has to say about that. North American Affairs Manager, Consumer Choice Center. And David, that's the big problem for me. I have diligently been washing and separating all my plastics. And then you hear these stories about how we can ship it off to different places around the world and it ultimately ends up dumped anyway. And so that's my view is don't make me go through the process if it's not going to be recyclable. And if it is going to be recyclable, then let's mandate it. Let's, if you want to produce it, you, you've got to find a way to get rid of it at the other end. So tell me how you see perceive that issue. Have we got David there? I can't hear him. Yeah. Let's try again. Oh, yeah, there we go. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so go ahead. I, I, where, I, where I think this ultimately falls is um, on the shoulders of provinces who've already in many instances, demonstrated some leadership on on this, whether it's zero plastic waste strategies or alternative products like you mentioned or streamlining blue blue box collection and, and all of those things. Um, several provinces have already kind of shown or demonstrated that they have a vested interest in solving some of those problems. And really, I think that that's where the responsibility lies because it's ultimately provinces and municipalities who end up dealing with waste um, Anyway, it's not the federal government who picks your trash up or decides um, or, or ends up deciding whether it ends up in a landfill or a recycling plant. And so ultimately at the federal level, I would have much preferred to see them uh, lean on the provinces and some of the things that they're already doing in terms of waste management rather than kind of overstepping federal jurisdiction in many senses uh, using SEPA and banning products outright because okay. there, there's a reasonable conversation to be had about waste management, but this conversation really doesn't have that. Okay, fair enough. So if it's the province making the decision, I'd like the province to tell the plastics industry, if it can't be recycled, you're not going to be allowed to make it. And so uh, what, what would you, how would you respond to that? Um, I don't think that there's a full need to go completely circular. Um, because there are other ways of disposing of products that are, let's say, hard to recycle or can't be recycled. Um, So if we look at Sweden, they're one country that has a particularly innovative way of going about it, and they capture those hard-to-recycle or non-recyclable products and actually incinerate them, capture the emissions, and use them as an energy energy source to heat homes and keep lights on and um, use for air conditioning in, in the summer months and things like that. And so they've created this very in, innovative way of 
recycling, obviously you want to recycle whatever you can. Uh, what's left um, can be disposed of in a way that ensures there is some extra utility out of it while also ensuring that it's not going to end up in our oceans, rivers, streams, and things like that. Because if that's a problem. I, I think everyone can see that that is a legitimate problem. The real question is whether or not banning these products outright is going to be a solution to that problem. And I think that that's maybe where the federal government has overstepped and is a little misguided. Just one last question. What products can't be recycled? Why are there some plastics that just have to be incinerated? Why, why can't they be re-engineered to be recyclable? I think that largely comes down to, although I'm not a, a chemist or, or, or anything like that by trade, I think a lot of it comes down to um, weight and chemical composition in terms of the thickness of it. So if you're, if, if you're going to try and recycle it, ultimately you're melting it down. Um, so there are some products that cannot withstand uh, that process uh, per se. And so I think that that's largely where it comes from. And sometimes those, um, those products that fit in that category do so for very good reasons, whether it's products that are used to wrap food to enhance their shelf life for longer or to ensure that they're still fresh when they get to the grocery store and things like that. We make those um, containers and cartons and film to be lightweight uh, for transport reasons, because obviously the heavier it is, the more expensive and more uh, more environment, the, the more of an environmental impact it has to actually get it from point A to point B. So we create those um, those products for good reasons, in my opinion. And now we can talk about how we can properly dispose of them if they can't be recycled or if they can't be changed to recyclable plastics, where it may be disadvantage for disadvantageous for us to have, let's say, something be double or, or triple the thickness to ensure right. that it's recyclable. David Clement, thank you so much for shedding some light on this. I sure appreciate your time today. Thank you very much for having me. So David Clement, North American Affairs Minister for Consumer Choice Center. See where it comes to? It comes back to there's a certain portion of your garbage. You've got to decide. Are you going to bury it or are you going to burn it? And I'm kind of of the incineration mindset these days. Let's take a pause. We'll be right back on Chorus Radio. Thanks for listening to the Danielle Smith Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review for free on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. And join the conversation. You can reach me on Twitter at Smith or by email at danielle at 770chqr.com. Talk to you next time.